0: Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Hey there, how are you? We are back with another episode. This week we are talking with Tony Marinucci. Tony is a TEDx speaker and published author whose book, Once Upon a Diet, talks about the parallels between dieting and dating. That is a heavy topic for us today, so let's dive into it. So hi Tony, how are you
1: doing? Hi, I'm great. I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a, I love your content. Your content, um, Beth. Like I stumbled across your TikTok like when I first joined, like maybe during the pandemic, like a year yeah. ago, like everybody and, else. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's just been. I mean, I just love what you guys are. I can't do what you guys do because I'm like so sensitive to like caring what people think. <laughs> But I just like, appreciate <laughs> you guys so much because you're literally always saying exactly what I want to say, but I just don't have the guts to do it. So I appreciate you. <laughs> I love
0: it. Oh, oh, thank yay. you. That's, that is honestly, that's a really good point. It's very like, I'm not trying to like make a sound amazing or anything, but it's fucking hard doing yes. like the type of content that Beth and I do. Oh my God. It's like, it just beats Mentally you down. down. It beats you down. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're
1: you're opening yourself and exposing yourself to the people that, you know, we know that they don't even know what they're from their elbows, to be honest. But like <laughs> the point is, is that you're you're like allowing that in by opening up. But I appreciate mm-hmm. you guys because it's very it's needed. It's definitely needed.
0: Thank you. Thank well, we you appreciate will. you Thank too. You. So, you uh Tony, you're a registered dietitian, right? Would you want to introduce yeah. yourself a little bit so we know a little bit more about you and the audience as well?
1: Yeah. So, I am a registered dietitian. Um however, I'm also human just like all of you. <laughs> and <laughs> I I um very very similar to I think a lot of people who get into the health and wellness field and become professionals, um you know, I started out where I was overweight, insecure, it led down some really disordered eating patterns and behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought restriction was the answer. And then I found out that it was actually part of the problem because I was extremely restricting, which led to overeating, which led to excessive exercise. And then I just stayed stuck in that cycle all in this pursuit to lose weight, to eventually, you know, be worthy of love and acceptance and... Oh, so many, so many deep rooted things that kind of um, held me back. So, long story short, though, I wanted to learn how to eat and fuel. I actually was athletic growing up, even though I was always the overweight kid on the team. I still was, you know, I played basketball, volleyball, threw shot, put, and discus. And I always kept a really active lifestyle, but I always felt like my weight is what held me back from everything. I blamed it on everything. Um, so, I wanted to go to school to learn how to eat. So, I went to school to become a registered dietitian. Uh, now, fast forward many years later, and I'm going to go over a lot of like the healing journey, but I did finally heal my relationship with food. I found balance in my eating habits. I started focusing on how food made me feel instead of focusing on how it might make me look. Yes. And that's literally when things really changed for me. Um, I've been a dietitian now for eight years. My private practice, uh, Diet Tips with Tony, we ironically teach people how not to diet and just commit to a healthier lifestyle instead. And that business has been... um, It's online nutrition coaching for the past... God, I can't... Because of the pandemic, I have no idea. I think three (laughs) or four years. (laughs) Uh, I think it's three years, but it's been two full-time. And now I have dietitians who are helping me get our get the women in the program to heal their relationship Amazing. with food and their bodies as well. I love that. Yeah. Love, love, yeah, the, love.
0: That's remarkable. And you um so you have a very I'm very intrigued by the book that you wrote. I believe it's Yay! um yes, it's, 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 yes. it's making the connection between dieting and and uh, uh, dating, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, so is it's that such part a of good
2: like, comparison. Uh, honestly, I listened to your mm-hmm. podcast with Jordan and then also um, your TED Talk. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I never even thought to compare the two. And it's so true. Yeah. Uh, I love do the you want to talk. talk about that a little bit? Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So the TED Talk was something that was been on my heart for many years, although this topic hadn't been because I didn't make the connection either. But like I shared, I healed my relationship with food, but I never really healed my relationship with like... When it comes to dating and I basically dated five versions of the same guy just with a different name and a different face. So basically <laughs> I just repeated these old patterns and behaviors and I went from one relationship to the next, never really learning thing anything in between. And then being frustrated where it would be like, Why isn't this working? You know, it's not working out. And so after I did that TED Talk, I realized I actually only had eight minutes to speak and eight minutes was not enough for all that I wanted to put in there. And I was like, OK, I, I need to write a book because there's so many more parallels that I didn't even get to talk about in the in the talk. And so the the book is basically... Because like I said before, when I was growing up overweight and insecure, I tied my weight to my worth and I was Mm -hmm. directly told things like if I didn't lose the weight, I would never get a boyfriend. And then also just growing up in the 90s, kind of the messaging and the media and all the things that you see. I really did tie my weight to my worth and that stayed with me even after I lost the weight. So I still was settling for men that really didn't deserve my time, energy, or intention all because I was afraid I wouldn't potentially be able to find someone to love me back because I was carrying all this baggage from my history. And so the book is just a really great way for people to learn how to be both healthy and happy regardless of the number on the scale and regardless of their relationship status. So it's not really just for single people. Um, It's for anyone who's either single or dating or you've dieted a bunch of different times and you keep doing the same diet over and over again or it looks like a different diet but it's just in a different book because it's all based on like let's cut out this let like cut out cards let's cut out this food group let's re- under eat let's over exercise like it's all pretty much the same but just like it has a different title or a different name so it's really helping people to break those patterns and be more introspective and ask the right questions so that they can come out on the other end healthier happier than ever.
2: Where do you feel like um, that everyone is so focused on a number? Where do you think that comes from? Like, I have to be a certain number. I've always wondered that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I
1: think it's tangible. Mm-hmm. I think that it's something they can visibly see. Whereas all these other forms of measurement that we know are more important, like our energy and how we feel and our confidence um, and the quality of if we're talking about relationships or even the quality of our food, right? All these things that actually matter, they get overlooked because it's, it's harder to measure, right? And so I think that's probably part of it and then the other part is just the society that we live in that has been you know we see that when someone loses 40 pounds it doesn't matter how they lost it but because they lost 40 pounds that's somehow successful because society has said that when you lose weight or on the pursuit of weight loss or you lose weight that's successful but we I think though what I try to challenge people and what you guys do as well like on our various platforms and in the book is just just challenge the narrative and to like really ask the right questions because that's what you know, diet culture wants us to believe, but that's actually not really true. If we get down to the root of it, what's actually healthy is how we take care of ourselves, how we nourish our bodies, our habits, our behaviors. You know, those are the things that truly matter. So, but I think a number, it's similar to like, you know, think about like someone in school, if you get a grade on a test, like if you get, you know, a hundred percent, that's amazing. Right. But you don't know what it took for that person to get that hundred, you know, maybe they haven't been eating or sleeping, (laughs) Like you know, so it's, it's, it's part of the story, but it's not the whole story. And so I think that's where people just want it to be, you know, clear. Um, but we know that there's, there's more to it than just a number.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I love that you put you said that it's tangible, too. And it this goes into the, the dating realm. So I'm, I'm single. Um, and so one of the big things in, in dating is how tall are you? What's your height? Like, as if we have mm-hmm. any control over that anyway, but the, the people, you're automatic, you're automatically judged based on your height. Oh, you're a man and you're not six foot fo- six foot. I'm not even gonna waste my time with you. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, that and then and that's exactly kind of my point. Where my book is um, mostly geared for women, just because I talk a lot about my story and a lot of the clients in the program are women as well. But what we as women and in society, though, it's true. Our we are based. Our value is based on our appearance. So, like I said, it. You could have been told directly, unfortunately, from family members or someone that was like literally like, if you don't lose the weight, you're never going to get a promotion. You're never going to get the, uh, you know, get married or be happy or whatever. But you didn't have to be even told that directly to just be around our society where in every movie that you watch, it's like the attractive people, quote unquote, attractive. I'm using air quotes because what society has deemed as attractive is they fit right. a specific body type. They're the ones who find love. And then the person who ends up in a relationship but they're not in that ideal look they're almost considered like lucky like or they have to have this incredible personality to compensate for that and it's like why does someone have to try so hard why can't we just be ourselves you know and so with the world you know i i say that in very and even in the introduction like yes, it's part of the factor because that's just the world that we live in, right? I wish we lived in a different world, but we don't, right? That's part of it. But the reality is a lot of women or men even might not be even putting themselves out there because they don't feel like their body is quote unquote ready. And that's just so sad because to be a partner, it shouldn't be based off of what you look like. It should be based off of you know, who you are, your characteristics. And we as a society need to do better at placing values more so on those things rather than the, you know, aesthetics.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely. That that just brought something to mind, and I haven't thought about this movie, and probably since I was uh, in middle school. Um, Shallow Hal is a perfect
1: example. Uh, of that, so, I think. so glad you said <laughs> that. Oh yeah. yeah, I didn't get into the book because like I had so many things. I I did put a lot of different movie analogies and things in the book, but yeah, Shallow Hal. Um, I actually was just on a podcast yesterday, and I think I I, I talked about it because
0: no, did you? <laughs>
1: it, yeah, because it's just a perfect example of how we judge people based on their appearance and yeah. then when they don't look the way that they're like, the way that we had perceived them to be, we freak out. You know, we worry about what other people are going to think. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Always
1: about other people. It's like, we don't... <laughs> And that, yeah, and that's why we have to define what's important to us. And that's basically, yeah. you know, with my book, it's called Once Upon a Diet. And I talk about the Once Upon a Diet method. It's really just a way for you to figure out what works best for you because you are unique, you're individual. Like, yes, there's definitely like foundational things that we all, you know, could benefit from implementing. But at the end of the day, you need to figure out what works for your lifestyle and your biology.
2: And I think that leads me to this actual, the question that you talk about in your um, TED Talk. Yeah. It's like the the three, three things. Like, can I get past the honeymoon phase? Do I even like this? And what lessons um, did I learn from this? Yeah. I love love that.
1: Yeah, those yeah, let's are dive great into those. questions. Yeah, for for sure. So. Will I last pass the honeymoon phase is probably my favorite question because we live in a world of quick fixes, right? And we right. get super excited. And the beginning, we are motivated. So everything is kind of exciting and it's so much easier. So we're like more willing to do the hard things in the beginning. But the reality is, is that if it's really hard in the beginning, it's going to be really hard in the long run too, mm-hmm. right? So I prefer people to kind of start slow and ease their way up, but everyone's different. But anyways, all I just say, like when, before you start anything, you do want to ask, will this last past the honeymoon phase? Meaning there's nothing wrong with like a short-term fling. There's totally, totally fine if like you want to like, you know, um try to, I don't know, do a sort of some type of competition or just kind of get lean for the season or whatever that is. But you can't expect to stay there forever. Um, right. And if you do, because you're probably going to be miserable. Um, and it's not really going to be healthy in the long run. Um, And then same thing with like dating. I'm very guilty of this. I'll be fully transparent. When I was single, I started dating someone and we both were like, we didn't, I came out of a serious relationship. I didn't want anything serious. He didn't want anything seriously serious. And we were just having fun. There's nothing wrong with like a short-term fling. However, as you progress, I started catching feelings. He wasn't on the same page. And our, our, dynamic change. So at that point, you're responsible to communicate and to say like, okay, this is what I want. And if they're not aligned, then stop putting yourself in a situation where you're just like trying to make something work when clearly it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's with a lot of these, these diets that we get so excited about. We're like, really, we love it in the beginning, but at a certain point, it might not work anymore and it's okay to say goodbye to that, right? Which is the second question, which is, do I even like this? So if you're doing something because, you know, maybe it's helping you lose the weight, but you have no energy, your skin's breaking out, you're bloated all the time, you're super fatigued, whatever that is, then it's, you don't even like it. Don't do it. You don't have to do that. You know, if you work with Beth or Matt or myself, you know that there's there's much better ways to feel but to get healthy and to reach your goals, you don't have to make all these sacrifices in order to get there. Right. So, um, another relationship example is, you know, my very first relationship, like it was a good relationship. It was actually not terrible. Whereas my other ones were quite toxic to be frank. Um, this, for this one relationship was fine. Like, <laughs> but I, um, at one point I really had to, I really had to sit with myself and be like, I don't, I don't just, I just don't even like this really anymore. Like, and I didn't hate it. I just still didn't like it. And so like, that's also enough. You don't also have to, it doesn't have to be completely miserable for you to stick with it either. It's like, there could, there are better things out there. There are things that you could be doing to feel really great consistently most of the time. Right. Um, and then the last question is, what lessons did I learn from this? And that's basically after kind of in between so that you don't repeat the same patterns. That's the most important question, because if you don't ask that questions, you'll you'll be like me and, and date a lot of the same guys and just like...
2: Which is, which <laughs> is interesting. Of- yeah. Um, <laughs> because a lot of people will go back to that, like, oh, but it worked for me before, but it did it really work for you before. Why are exactly. you doing it again? Like, why exactly. would you go back to a toxic relationship? Relationship, you
1: know, well, yeah, and that's and that's because they're trying to relive the honeymoon phase. So mm. I give the example a lot of like someone who maybe did like Weight Watchers or Whole30 or keto or whatever. And in the beginning, it actually, like I said, because it's the honeymoon phase, it's exciting. It worked quote, and I say worked lightly because people's <laughs> perception of success, once again, is the number on the scale, but they're not measuring what actually matters, like their energy, their bowel movements, their performance in the gym, all of those things, right? So all that to say we're we're guilty of this in relationships as we are in in our nutrition is we're trying to relive the honeymoon phase, you know, and that's where unfortunately people stay stuck in situations for way longer than they need to be because they keep trying to relive it but it's never going to be relived because it's not meant to last forever it's not meant to last past six months or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. and so that's where people kind of get stuck um and what I, i like to say is like they're not technically wasting their time if they learn something from it but if they never learn from it then yeah and frankly it's a waste of time yeah
0: yeah. Then it's not a mistake. It's a, it's a learning opportunity. It's, I I think it's only a mistake if you don't ask yourself that question, if you don't take anything away from it. Um, right. It's like going back to this, taking the same person back repeatedly or going back to the same type of person. Obviously there's a pattern there and they're not doing anything because maybe, because asking themselves that question too is hard, right? It's ugly because you're going to have to face some un- some unpleasant truths, probably about yourself or or the people that you're seeing, or the partner, you know,
1: yeah, or the yeah. diet that or you're the, doing, the diet you're doing, right? It's like we we so desperately want it to work that we mm-hmm. ignore all the red flags. Right. And so that's where we have to detach from this idea that I'll be happy when. So I'll be happy when I lose the weight or I'll be happy when I get the girlfriend or the boyfriend or when we get married or when we have kids. Because then it's even within the relationship. It's always like, you know, the next thing, the next thing. But we have to enjoy the journey. We have to enjoy the process. We can't rush that. That's what it's about because it's a lifestyle, right? And so your relation, unless you want a a temporary relationship and you want like a temporary diet and knowing that like after that, you know, things are, you know, done, then you can handle it differently. But if you really want something sustainable and long-term, then you really have to get good at assessing what's working for me and what's not. What am I making excuses for? um, And what can I, I change and shift? And that's where you know, both in, you know, nutrition and relationships, it all comes down to communication and you don't necessarily have to stop doing something if it's not working, but you might have to shift a little bit, Mm
2: -hmm. right? If
1: you keep trying to like, um, I don't know, what's a good example of this, like trying to make like, like maybe socializing is like a big part of your life, but it keeps getting in the way of you maybe reaching a fat loss goal. Right. And so you need to like have that conversation with yourself. Like what's more important to me. And that's not to say one's right or wrong. And I'm not Mm -hmm. telling people to not socialize. What I'm saying is that like, for example, like alcohol on the weekends tends to be like a big thing for a lot of people that gets in the way of them making progress. So it's like, okay, well, do you want what, what, you know, we, we might, we don't have to eliminate it completely, but if there's something there that you are willing to kind of cut back on to get to your goals and we'll have that conversation. But if not, then we can't keep expecting, you know, for you to get a different result if you're not changing the behavior.
2: Yeah. Insanity. Like Eric Roberts (laughs) said, are your, are your actions meeting, matching your um,
0: goals? Matching your goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I love that analogy, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay. I see it a lot. A lot of people want the, you know, to get to wherever they want to get to, but they, are having a hard time, you know, taking the action and, you know, making the changes that they know they need to make to get them to keep repeating like insanity, like Matt said, like over and over again.
1: And that's where you and then it's just about being honest with yourself. Like, that's okay, too. Everyone's different. That's the thing you don't have to be at this certain number or this certain even pant size or whatever it is, as long as you're being honest with yourself and there's some sort of balance and consistency and, you know, you're taking care of yourself in some way, the level at which, you know, that you implement things is going to be different based off of what you want and what your goals are.
0: Yeah, those goals and those goals too, they also need to be realistic goals and and, and sustainable, smart goals, right? Um, especially like if, if somebody comes to me and says, I, I I wanna lose, you know, I need to lose twenty to thirty pounds or so. That's usually my first question is like why? Like, do you think losing that weight, you mentioned this earlier, do you think losing that weight's gonna make you happy? It probably won't make you happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we can focus on trying to be happy now rather than waiting until we get some end result, which is just gonna cure everything, as we know it's that's not gonna happen. So mm-hmm. doing the thing doing the things you enjoy in the meantime, being happy, being strong, being healthy. And then maybe weight loss happens as a result of that. Maybe it doesn't, but you'll be happy. Um, you'll you'll hopefully be healthy and strong.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, like that confidence that they're looking for, that's thirty pounds later, isn't from being thirty pounds later. It's from committing to what you said you were going to do and following through with it, which is a lot easier to do when you have small sustainable goals.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, small that's
0: sustainable dope. goals. People, and that, that's a quite that's something I hear a lot of, too. Is like. I just feel like I'm not doing enough, and then it's like doing enough for yeah. what, right? Like I, mm. I'm not in the gym exercising, killing myself five or six days a week. It just doesn't feel like enough. I'm like, well, good. Has that worked for you up to this point? No, it hasn't. Yeah. So go on a ten minute yeah. walk every day. Let's start there. Um, I, mm-hmm. I go back to the ten minute walk so much, but that's that small, sustainable thing that we can do every day, and it's not an inconvenience. And then you can start stacking on top of that and.
1: Yeah. And it's simple. And you, we, you guys know, like a 10 minute walk often it's like just getting started and whether Mm -hmm. you stop at 10 or keep going, I promise you that your mood will be so different. So it's not even, and that's where, when it comes to certain things, like even movement and nutrition, um, and sleep and all the things that we encourage in a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. It might help with like your appearance or you might feel better or whatever, but the more important thing is like, you're going to be happier because I'm sorry, but like, if I don't get a good enough sleep, I'm a cranky pants.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If I
1: don't see the sun or if I don't get outside or fresh air for 10 minutes, I get a headache. Like I, you know, I, you, you, I think we need to really focus more on like wellness goals and overall Mm -hmm. just like, let's just like take care of ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we have one body. It's a beautiful thing. Um, We don't have to stress it and kill it and punish it and be perfect with it, but we do need to care for it and nourish it in the way that we can. And like a little bit of vitamin D from a 10 minute walk is like, actually not just, and I, that's why I talk a lot. It's like, it's not just 10 minutes, like 10 minutes right. is like making use of the little time you had. And that 10 minutes could have saved you a day of binging. It could have saved you a day of just like beating yourself up for just staying on the couch. It could have saved you. Maybe now that motivated you like, you know what? Oh, I'm going to stop by the store and pick up some veggies and go home and prep them. Cause I don't have any, like whatever it is. Um, or you listen to a podcast like this for 10 minutes, like it's, there's so many great things that come from these little things that get yes. so overlooked.
2: Oh, totally, totally. If, if that's the thing. If people just realize they would feel better if they just do something small, like take a 10-minute walk to, just for their you know, mindset.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's one thing I talk about a lot when it comes to health. It's not just your physical health, but it's also your mental health. And I think that's where a lot yeah. of people miss out because- If you're solely focused on your physical health, chances are your part of your mental health will be compromised. And even with your mental health, like it's it's a great thing to do, you know, all of the beautiful things like meditation and journaling and going to therapy and dealing with your heels and your wounds and all that. But if you're not eating well and moving your body and getting adequate sleep, like it's you're not technically going to be healthy. Right. Because health is true. The true definition of health is taking care of your physical needs and your mental, emotional and spiritual needs as well
0: it's all encompassing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's a there's a huge aspect to to what we do in my coaching program is we just we have a um behavioral nutritionist on the team where all she does is she's a cognitive behavioral therapist, right? So all she does is she's there just to help people with that healthy relationship with food and and movement in their body. Um and ever since her and I started working together, it's like That, that was the missing piece for me and my coaching, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she's not there to help you with fat loss. That's not what she cares about. It's, it's the other stuff. It's mental health and physical health.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You need that as a solid foundation. You need that. And that goes back to like where I think so many people are going to like compl- complexity and like trying to do so much more when really they're not, they don't even have the solid foundations. Yeah. You you can't really do anything until your relationship with food is healed because you will consistently go back to old patterns. You'll always feel like it's not enough. Um, and it's just like, it's just not a fun place to be. So I strongly encourage people. It seems like a long time, but honestly, if you work with a nutrition professional, like our program six months. In six mm-hmm. months, our job isn't to help you to get to the lean, mean machine. Our job is right. to help you heal your relationship with food, make peace with your body. And then if you decide after that, you do, what, you do whatever you want for your body because it's your body and you can truly choose to do what you want with it. We're not telling you what to do with it. At the same time, a lot of this idea and concept of, you know, punishing it and trying to get a super lean. It's not coming from you. It's coming from society. But if you can truly like make peace with all of that and decide like, no, I want to do this for me because I, I truly know that I can and I want to like go for it. Like I want you to do whatever you want to do. I just want to make sure it's coming from a place where it's genuinely for you and not trying to prove yourself to somebody else. Cause I, I got caught up in that. I was trying yeah. to prove myself to the, everyone who told me I was never enough and that, you know, I would never get a boyfriend or like all the things, even being as a registered dietitian, I felt like I needed to look the part quote unquote uh, yeah. Or I wasn't lean enough or whatever. And I got so caught up in that and it was exhausting. It was literally exhausting and it never felt like it was enough. And so when I finally made peace with that, I realized, you know what? I'm just going to do what I need to do for me. Um, And one thing I say a lot to our clients is the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. So I just got really good. At loving my choices and loving my decisions, <laughs> and just trusting that this is what my body needs. Um, and so my workouts—I used to work out. I, I loved, I love fitness. So I was like six, seven days in the gym, like I. But I loved it. But now I, I, I still like it. But i just my energy is just not there anymore, and that's okay. I still work out regularly and consistently. It's just not at the intensity it used to be, you know. And my nutrition is a, you know, not as rigid as it was before, but it's a free looser, and looser yeah and now my body changed a little bit, but that's okay, you know, because I feel like this is where I'm most comfortable out and I feel my best in, it and I don't have to try so hard all the time yeah, to sustain it, you know yeah. that's exhausting, you know it is. It is really yeah. exhausting. So I want to focus on other things outside of yeah. just nutrition and food, I want to build my business, I want to help people, I want to get on more podcasts. I want to like socialize and have fun. I don't want to always be worrying about what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, and when I'm gonna work out.
0: Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I, and I've been there too, you know, um, do, doing the fitness and getting super lean and things like that, because you think that's what, what you should be doing. And that's what others expect of you. Or when I lose 20 pounds or get those six pack abs, then dating's going to be easier or I can get that dream girl or whatever. But yeah. I've been there. I, or I, I had I'll get that more clients and, or I'll get more clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I, I, I'm not shredded. I'm, you know, um, I hear that often on TikTok. Oh, you're just fat or you've got a dad bod and this and this and this, you know. And what do you know? How are you teaching people TikTok. these things? Yeah, it's fucking I awful.
1: Hate, hate some of the people on TikTok. It's, oh, it's, ah, God. You know,
0: let's, we can talk about that probably for hours, honestly, but uh, it's yeah. so toxic. I it's think so that's it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so toxic. It's just let's it's let's,
0: let's cool. get into that it's a little cool. bit. I guess. I'm sorry
2: that happened to nice,
0: you. <laughs> nice little segue. I know it's
2: all yeah, good. right? about I, the thing that if if you don't look the part, then you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Type stuff. Right. That is just yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a it. Yeah,
1: it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It, yeah.
0: And that's yeah. what we're trying no. to do is change the way people think and perceive fitness and health and nutrition, right? Because that you you there's people that are super shredded super lean that aren't healthy whatsoever because you don't know like you oh, said, yeah. with getting that getting that a plus 100 percent on their test you don't know what they've done to achieve that physique maybe they're mm-hmm. on performance enhancing drugs maybe they're
1: i was gonna say yeah like in college a lot of people i know would take things like adderall and stuff to stay awake to study like that's not good for your body so yeah right. you got a 100 but you're damaging your body and in, in the pursuit of it you know
0: yeah 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 so no hopefully crazy. that changes i got
1: less. some I hope so too. I hope so too. I got a comment from someone more recently. Um it was a an- and you always have to remember, this is just for those who are listening, where is the source coming from? Like when someone comments mm. on your body, whether it be social media or even in person, um, we're recording this right around the holidays, it can be really uncomfortable family members. They might look at you a certain way. Maybe you gained weight yeah. during COVID and now you're getting comments about it and it's just so inappropriate. So I wish people, we just had like this, everybody understood to not comment on people's bodies because you really have no idea what that person's going through. I know someone who unfortunately had got cancer, lost a ton of weight, did not want she was dying and was getting compliments of how great she looked when physically oh. she was in the she, just like the worst place in her entire life, and she wouldn't wish, wish that on anyone. So you'd never know. I also have someone that we're working with that was really struggling with depression and anxiety, and depression finally found medication that really, really, really helped her. And a lot sometimes those side effects are. Uh, Weight gain. And so she's getting comments that she looks like crap because she gained all this weight from family that they're supposed to, they're saying, but she's never been like, she can finally think. Like she never used to be able to get through a day, you know? So it's like, we have to stop commenting on people's bodies first of all and then second of all we need to figure out like who is the source and really some things are just not worth your time and energy whereas sometimes it might be a great yep. teaching opportunity um, so I've definitely have gotten comments from trolls on the internet one was um, a quote-unquote nutritionist from India trying to sell me supplements and told me that he has me- something for me for my belly unsolicited advice like I, I didn't like and like clearly their motive was to sell me something. Right. So you have to be careful of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and then obviously from family members, often I usually tell people that it's if they're commenting on your body, think about it. When you're happy, are you judging somebody else? Are you bullying nope. somebody else? No. No. Nope. Right? So when someone is criticizing your body, it's because they themselves like have something going on where they really believe that their body is like maybe their body's not where it wants to be or it should be or they have insecurities or whatever it is but that's their stuff. So it's a lot harder to do in family dynamics, but if you could just practice separating and understanding that it actually has nothing to do with you, but more yep. so to do with what they're going through, that's what we call projection. It mm-hmm. will definitely help you um eventually detach but it takes time definitely takes time to really learn learn do you have
2: um any tips for people like let's say we're doing the holidays like people are going to be at gatherings and whatnot with family um, yeah for situations like that um when someone does comment or even say something to your face um do you have anything that you tell your clients to like say back or yeah it's strategies
1: Yeah. So obviously, like everyone, it depends on the dynamic and what they feel most comfortable with. So that's why I think one-to-one care is so helpful because you can really understand like what's going on. But general recommendations, I actually just gave a body confidence, did like a body confidence challenge. It was like a five-day series. And that was like one day we talked all about that. And for just general tips, I give one thing I say (laughs) is to like before that event, if you know you're going to an event where you're probably going to get a comment, you need to like create that morning as like your sanctuary. Like you really have to just like don't go into that super stressed and like running from A to B. Like you have to create some space, maybe some journal, journaling or meditation or just like and make sure you're fully fed because when we're hangry, it's just so much harder, Um, you know, and really just kind of decide how you want to be. And this is actually a therapist taught me. My therapist taught me how to do this because sometimes that's where things kind of get interwebbed. But um, she basically encouraged me to think about how do I want to be when I go into these situations because family can be easily triggering. So whether it's directly a comment about your body or food or more so has nothing related, but you are anxious. So there and you're now around food and then you emotionally eat. It's really important for you to just have that conversation with yourself and just kind of say like, okay. If I get a comment, what am I? How do I want to be? How do I want to respond? Do I want to be passive? Do I want to be neutral? Do I want to be combative? Do I want to um, say practice saying something like um, "thank you," but no thank you, or like you know, yeah. or say I'd rather not talk about that. Have like things in your toolbox about like other conversations, things that you could talk about when it's not around your body. So it could be as simple as when someone comments on your body. It could be also too there's, there's these things they are, are like backwards compliments, right? Maybe now you're going into a social situation, and you've lost some weight and maybe you're, you're working with Beth or Matt and you did it in a very healthy and sustainable way, right? And so it's not like actually like technically, it's not like you're Doing negative ways to get there, but it's still uncomfortable. And now you have this, this expectation to now, now they're watching my body, now they're watching my progress, and I have to stick with it. And now no longer coming from you. So when you go into those situations, kind of think about if they're going to comment on my body, whether positive or negative, you decide how you want to respond. So you could say something like, Thank you. I feel really good, you know? Um, and then they might ask, oh, what are you doing? Like, I'm I rather, I rather not talk about it if you don't want to talk about it, or you can just say, I'm just, you know, watching what I eat or whatever, however, you want to respond. But you have to kind of decide how you want to respond. And then if something really happens where it really triggers you, it's okay to excuse yourself. It's okay for you to go to the bathroom. It's okay to just kind of recenter. And you could always have a conversation prior to or after with whoever that person is to let them know, like, listen, I'd rather us not talk about like dieting or I'd rather not talk about food because it just makes me uncomfortable. I hope you can respect that. And hopefully the person is. Receptive to that. And if they're not, that just tells you a lot about that person, and you might need to distance yourself from them even more. <laughs> yeah.
0: Perfect. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Beautifully said. That's, Beth and I actually did a quick impromptu episode last week um, about eating around the holidays, and, and we touched kind of on a, a lot of those similar points. And you, you said that much better than I ever could have. Um, but especially the last point, um, it says a lot about that person. And, and it goes yeah. back to what you were saying earlier somebody that's happy isn't going to make those comments.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. Or maybe they're just like kind of in their own. Maybe, you know, they and you can tell if someone's like genuinely curious or if like they're being, you know, passive aggressive or whatever it is like you or can they have a hidden tell agenda.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's pretty obvious. And then when you know it's a hidden agenda, you just remember it's nothing to do with you. It's just like yeah. their own stuff. Mm hmm.
0: Now that's that's very easy to say though, right? Like it's it's easy to say for us to sit here and say that it's nothing to do with you, but people still struggle with that. So like what Oh yeah. do you have any techniques, like any type of maybe journaling or maybe working with a professional or something to help us actually understand that?
1: Yeah, well <sighs> I would say yep. it goes back to that saying I shared before, like the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. So I wouldn't spend so much time trying to understand that other person. Honestly, I think that's just a waste of energy. I, I, you can if you really feel like you need to. But the most important thing that I want people to do, and that's what I teach all the time, is just figuring out what you need for you. Because when you're so clear and confident that what you're doing is is working, you don't need to explain yourself to anyone. Think about it in like, if you decide to leave your full-time job and you're building your business and your business is thriving and they don't, may not understand it. It's like, well, I'm doing what I need to do for me. And it's freaking awesome. You know, like, you know, it's like, so I'm trusting this process. Like, thank you, but no, thank you. Like I'm good. Right. So that's where sometimes people aren't going to understand. So I think you just have to kind of accept that, that you can't please everyone. You know, and you really just need to kind of lean in and getting very clear on what's most important to you and making sure that your actions that you're taking on a daily basis are aligned with that. And not even just in nutrition and like, you know, movement and healthy lifestyle stuff, but just in general. Like, if you're someone who enjoys kind of quality time with your loved ones, like, are you spending quality time with your loved ones? Right. Or are you kind of spending time with people that make you not feel really good? Right. And so, um, yeah, I would just say it really comes down to getting setting those boundaries and doing things that make you feel good and align staying aligned with those rather than putting yourself in situations where you really just don't like or don't know how to navigate um get stronger. It's like kind of building the muscle like get stronger in the gym, right? And then like Mm -hmm. go to battle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like maybe you need to distance yourself from certain family members for a bit until you just like get really clear (laughs) on like, yeah, like, okay, no, I'm actually okay. Actually, when I do this or when I go here, when I do that. And so therefore I don't need to keep putting myself in this situation to get unclear again.
0: Yes. And I love that you mentioned the boundaries too. The boundaries are so important. It's easy to have boundaries, but then... And forcing those boundaries is what's really difficult too, especially when it comes to family members and friends. and, yeah, qu- those and it, it's, That's
1: why it starts, you have to start small, you know? And one thing I, when this is in relationships, romantic or regular for anyone really, where um, I used to get so caught up and I would change what I would say because I was worried about what the person, how the person was going to respond. Like, so I wasn't being true to myself because I was, my, my answers were always worrying about how somebody else was going to feel like how they were going to take it right and so what what i learned through in therapy which is basically like i'm not responsible for how other people are going to feel and respond and i can't control that or know that so imagine me now trying to navigate like you know where you know whether to go to this event or not or what to say or what to do when i don't even know what i need or what i want because i'm so used to always catering to what other people want and needs right so i didn't overnight become like this person who's like confident in their food choices and is able to just be like thank you but no thank you when you comment on my food or my body like it took a lot of time and it started with like a small no like a, a no thank you like a small no thank you or i wish i could but i i can't right which led to me finally getting really clear on like you know what actually like I rarely ever can because I rarely ever want to. <laughs> and I'm, like, like I'm actually like now that I've stopped saying yes all the time to when you need me to do X, Y, or Z, I realize I actually don't need to do that at all. And so they might be disappointed, and relationships might change. But when you are finally feeling whole and energized and clear, you don't really care that much. You start to realize like, yeah. oh wow, I'm making the best choices I need to for me.
2: Yeah, it's I, that, I feel you that the. It's like a light bulb moment. It's like once you start saying no to the shit that you just don't want to do anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like and yeah, you s- stop, start saying no to the shit you don't want to do. My yeah, and my coach on my team action. actually
0: said something last week to me. I was really struggling with some stuff in the business with like direction on what I wanted to do because I'm I was spreading myself so thin across like social media platforms and things like that. And she's like, Matt, do you do you want to do this? And then she, she's like, it's like, fuck yes or fuck no. And she said, if mm-hmm. it's not a fuck yes, then it's a fuck no. Like if you if, mm-hmm. if the first thing that comes to your mind is not a fuck yes, then don't even waste your time. And I was like, yeah. wow, that actually really helps me put it into perspective. 100%. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my new thing going forward. If I'm not excited about it, if it if, it, if I'm if it's not something I actually want to put my time, energy or money towards, I'm just not going to do it. And yeah, call me selfish but you have to serve yourself or else you can't help others anyway. So
2: a hundred percent, a hundred percent. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Love yep. That. <laughs> that's I'm, my motto as well, Matt. So yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. For real.
0: Um And oh. the, the boundaries too, um, you, when, when you say no, you're right. You don't have to actually explain why, right? Like, You know you don't owe anybody that explanation it can just be no like Mm -hmm. if you feel like you want to tell them like no i don't want to do it this is why or just no that that should be okay as well we normalize Mm -hmm. saying no
1: (laughs) yeah totally totally and so certain people might not love that answer but you just you learn to be okay with it because for some people certain family dynamics it's like never enough yeah speaking from experience (laughs) yeah so when you say no, they ask why not, <laughs> and you just have to learn to just be like, because I can't, <laughs> or because I don't want to, or however you want to say it. You just have to learn to be straightforward because there are some people that will push, and yep. you just get really clear on just I just can't. Sorry, wish I could. Can't.
0: Some dynamics might change because of that, right? You may yeah. maybe you might lose some friends as a result of that too. But if you're go- if you're going to lose friends because you're si- you're saying no to them, just are take they care of yourself? were they actually? Yeah. Were they actually a friend anyway? Or were you just there to serve them or to be their uh, doormat, essentially, too? That could have Mm -hmm. also been what's going Mm -hmm. on.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. And as you start to kind of wake up to, you know, who you are and who you want to be and finally like working towards it you you probably will lose some friends and family. like dynamics and relationships will change but it's to be a better version of you. So the result of that is makes it all worth it.
0: Yeah. Yes. I love it. It is it's all worth it because then then you've got the 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 lifestyle that we're after that you're after um you're not constantly miserable and second guessing yourself. So yeah, I love that. Um when when was your, your book uh, released then? When, how long has that been out?
1: I got out in the beginning of October, I think it was.
2: Okay. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Or yeah, in October. So about two months. Oh, wow. Yeah, Amazing. it's a baby. It's
2: a, it's a baby. So yeah, so yeah, I'm excited yeah. about it. I'm that starting so to- so exciting. Congrats on that. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. I know yeah. that, that can't have been uh, an easy
1: thing to write a book, you know? It was not easy at all. It was really the hardest thing I've ever did, for real. I've done some part. What did you learn
0: from that? What did you learn from that process of writing a friggin' book, man?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, you learned a lot about yourself, I'm sure. I learned a lot about myself. I've learned that I actually get in my own way a lot. <laughs> I've also learned that I, as much as I feel like I, in society, it looks like I've challenged myself in ways in my career and what I've chosen for my life. Personally, I know deep down, I haven't even scratched the surface of what I'm capable of. Um, And so I, you know, this was something that was brand new for me. Mm -hmm. I never really considered myself a writer. I didn't know the first thing about writing a book. Um, But like anyone in the beginning, it's super exciting. You have this great idea. I mean, I thought about quitting a thousand times, but I can compare it to how I would with like a healthy lifestyle. It was really just I had to stop getting caught because I kept getting stuck. I would sit down to write. Nothing would come out. Like, what am I doing? Who am I? Who's even going to read this? All that those negative self-talk would come in. And I was reminded that it's because I'm a beginner. I've never done this before. And this is how our clients feel when they first start working with us, right? So it's not easy because it's the beginning. But if I give up, then I'm always going to, I know that I'm always going to be like, but what if and why didn't Mm -hmm. I? And, but like, I can, like, it's hard, but I got the resources, right? I hired a writing coach. I had. Uh, ironically when somebody who graduated from the program happened to be an editor. So she helped me with editing, which was super cool. Um, You know, I had people I'm, you know, fortunate to know a lot of people in like uh, with online businesses who've written books before. So I had great advice, just like messaging people back and forth. So I just, I didn't go at it alone. I couldn't have, if I Mm -hmm. tried to do it alone, I wouldn't have written it. And it also wouldn't have been very good. (laughs) (laughs) This book is, is actually really good. Like, and that's, and I, um, I say that with pride because it was really hard for me, but I really worked on my writing skills. When I w- hired that writing coach, my writing coach basically told me before we could even start writing the book, we got to just get you to become a better writer, you know? And so that alone was a hard process. But now that I've been at it consistently, it took me like two years to write the thing. Um, oh, wow. I, I wanted to take, yeah, yeah, like two years. And so, I mean, it's really good. I'm really proud of it. Like, because I, I put in the work, mm-hmm. I put in the work, I showed up when I didn't want to trust me, there were days I would wake up at 5am all, you know, cause I would never do it in the middle of the day. Life would happen. I made all these excuses. So I was like, all right, I'm going to write in the morning. I would just like stare at my screen for two hours, just like watch the clock come. <laughs> you know, like there was so many times where I was like, when is this ever going to be finished? This process mm-hmm. is forever. Um, but now that it's done and over with, I'm, I'm so grateful and so glad. And now so many people are changing their lifestyle and their perspective because of it. So it just, it, it really is all worth it. So for those of you who are beginners in your life, in like a healthy lifestyle and trying to figure out your goals and reaching them, like I get you, I understand it's very overwhelming, but we're not meant to do these things alone. So get help. If you feel like you need it, reach out to someone that resonates with you, that you connect with. because. They have been where you're at. They're past yeah. it. Like can yep. help you get there faster and without a lot of the frustration. It's still gonna be frustrating. Like, trust me, I was still frustrated a lot of the times, but it was a whole lot less frustrating because I wasn't guessing my guessing what do I do next or how do I do this. I had people I could depend on to help me to figure it out.
0: Yeah. I believe that everybody can benefit from having a coach or a mentor of some sort you know, oh, yeah. um of course the finance there's a financial aspect of it, which I get it, but even if you're financially constrained, there's other avenues you can you can go down uh, free you know free offers free free co- um free resources out there um I know like everybody you know if you're on if you're an online coach or whatever everybody's got free free things that they give out our videos our content everything yeah, um
1: definitely and- when there's a will, there's a way that's for sure, yeah. Well
0: you be like, writing another my... book? Yeah.
1: Ooh. Um, n- n- not anytime soon. No.
0: Not okay. uh, anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: You know you what love. I learned? This is something else I learned. Um, because you know I self published, so and okay. I, that's a way to go, actually. Yeah, which I, I guess it's yeah, because it's more your voice and all that stuff. But what I learned was that those who have like these big publishers, and not everyone, but most of them, I'll never forget. I was on this. I was on. I'm part of a mastermind and i will mm-hmm. oh my god this is such a great story cuz i was sitting there and we had this guest expert come in who's like a multimillionaire and like giving us advice and like how do we build our businesses and blah 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 and someone in the group is currently writing a book and so he asked the guest he said you know what any i'm writing a book like any advice like what am i getting myself into like i'd love to hear your thoughts and your perspective cuz i know you wrote a book and so he basically shared how you know, when they the the publishers came, they just asked me a bunch of questions, and I had to go back and I had to explain and I had to tell them everything about my whole life and going all, all that to say, like basically he didn't write the book. Someone wrote it for him. They just interviewed him. And so I learned that I did not know this, that most mm. of the books that you guys read, not discredit the people who have these great bestsellers and all that stuff. They didn't actually write them, someone wrote them for them. So it's that their is, story. Yeah. But it's like so much more common than you think. Like, and so I did not know that. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, so not everybody actually writes them. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I think they're called ghostwriters. Go- ghost so yeah, you writers. can have two things. You can is have a ghostwriter. So a ghostwriter mm-hmm. could be like someone where they write they write for you and it makes it like you don't know who wrote it or whatever. And then, um, yeah, I think it's the same thing. I think it's, I don't know if there's like a different term for it, both in two different, I'm thinking of like two different ways it would be done, but yeah, basically. Yeah. And a lot of these people don't write their books. And actually my, yeah. my, I can't say yeah. legally, but I know, a, a <laughs> few, my writing coach wrote them. So, <laughs> yeah, so and
0: <laughs> that actually, uh, is very similar to how the fitness industry op- operates too actually like especially with larger accounts and larger influencers and things like that that they're not actually the ones behind the scenes you know they're just the the, the making their
2: posts and stuff
0: and making doing the posts and recording the videos and they're not you're not you might think you're working with them but you're actually not they've got um an outsourced team somewhere doing these things that's very Fucking prevalent in the fitness mm-hmm. industry. That's sad to me. The, deep, <laughs> the deeper so I sad. dive into this, into online coaching, and more I grow my business, um, I get approached all the time with from business coaches like I can help you scale it to fifty k, one hundred k months, and this and this and this, and, this, and um, you're going to outsource this and outsource this and outsource this, and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to be doing? Like, you're, 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 no, I
1: actually, I actually, I actually right.
0: enjoy coaching. I enjoy working with people. I like, I mm-hmm. enjoy doing those things. Um, um. but I'm also not here to get rich off of people either. So there's that. So
2: yeah. I would feel <laughs> yeah. like a sham. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would, it it I, gets I would... a little, it gets
1: a little crazy in the fitness, nutrition, MLM, certain just business models. Um.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All the business coaches that just, you know, had a business for six months and now they claim to be a business coach. Like there's a lot of them out there <laughs> that are charging a lot of money um, where it's just like some and some are great, and some really will move the needle for you. But then mm-hmm. there's there's just so many, just like with nutrition coaches and dietitians and like they sometimes just, you just get the bad apple. But such a great lot area, of them out there. Yeah, so. it's so hard. So. That's where for anybody who's listening, like as we're talking about getting help and it's important, make sure you're getting help from someone that you trust, that you followed for a long time or, you know, something that they said really resonated or, you know, you maybe even saw someone go else through go through the program and was successful with that. And, you know, whatever it is, make sure that their values are aligned with yours because I think that that's really important. Yeah.
0: Beautifully said. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um. Tony, where can people find you um, on social media? Best way to contact you, uh, your book, even where can they, if they're interested in checking out your book, your yeah. TED Talk, anything.
1: Yeah. So my book is available on Amazon. You can get the paperback Kindle version or audio version. And you can contact me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, at tips mm-hmm. underscore with underscore Tony with an I. And what else did you ask? Um, message me there. Yeah, email me, tipswithtoni at gmail.com. Um, a lot of my information is there. I feel like you asked me something else and I completely am blanking. So. But that's where you can come. Well, I think at. that's it. That's it. <laughs> I think yeah, that's have good, it. right? <laughs> I yeah. was like, did I say all the places?
0: <laughs> I mean, you you gave us a, you, you had an amazing um, oh, talk my there, talk. And a lot of my good information. Talk. And it's
2: in the bio. Yeah, sorry, it's in the bio. I I would suggest like listen. I want to people that, to so. reach
0: out to you. I want people. I, I hope people t- take advantage of of you being on the episode with us. And, and yeah,
1: just please ask any you. questions you have. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here for you. We have a team of dietitians. If you want to heal your relationship with food. You know, you can apply to that program. We have courses, all the things. Just you know, That's reach awesome. out. I'll put you in the right direction.
0: Amazing! Ooh, thank you amazing. so much.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That thank was you, super Tony.
0: Fun. It's been amazing. It was such a pleasure meeting you.
1: Yeah, such a pleasure meeting you too. for sure.
0: <laughs> all right. Talk to you soon. All right. So yeah, that was. I'm I'm so happy that Tony came on. Um, before she, when when you first said that she was going to come on. And I never made that connection between, uh, dieting and, and dating. And the minute you mentioned it, I was like, holy shit, that makes so much sense.
2: I know. And Um, when I listened to her TED talk and stuff, I was like, oh my God, it was really, it's such a good analogy to be honest. Um, yeah. And those three questions that she asks that, you know, it's just like dating. Yep. Can I get past, can you get like, if you're going to do a diet, like you got to ask yourself, can I get past the honeymoon phase? Do I even like this? And it's like, what? What did I learn from what I just did? If you know, and then that, therefore, you can look back and make sure you don't do it again. If it's something that just didn't work, it's like, why step <laughs> yeah. in shit again? Um, yeah,
0: exactly. Stop, stop <laughs> getting burned by the same shit every time. Like when you touch the hot stove and you get burned by the hot stove, you're probably not going to do it again. So let's stop getting you burned. Put by- back
2: on a dirty diaper, you know.
0: <laughs>
2: yes, i don't even know where that yes. came from but
0: no i, I love it Co- better, better you better trademark that really quickly <laughs> so
2: put on a dirty diaper so oh, awesome Lord. yeah
0: that was i was super excited to, and su- super happy with how that that conversation went um yeah i know i'm, lo- I'm looking forward to, to taking in more of her content now that we kind of we follow each other and we've connected yeah, definitely I, hope-
2: I really like her a lot
0: I hope our follower or our followers and listeners and everything they take advantage of that as well. Um, yeah. How was a uh, side note? How was your your holiday?
2: It was really relaxing. Yeah. Really relaxing. Good. Yeah. You need
0: it. You yeah. deserve it.
2: <laughs> yes, for sure. I yeah. I can't wait honestly to go to Florida for a month.
0: One I'm month. Oh my gosh.
2: Thirty days. We're going to be going to Cocoa Beach and then Key West. And, Key West. Yeah. Yes.
0: I was just there, yeah. yeah literally, I was only—I only spent one day in Key West, which isn't long enough. But um, right, I'm I was sorry. kind of bouncing it, it, all over.
2: It's—I imagine it's super beautiful.
0: It is. It is, and you're doing that in when January or February? February, not okay. soon enough. Yeah. Are you still yeah. working during that, or are?
2: I'm going to have to. I'll have a new round of new uh, group coaching starting February 1st, but I think I'm going to, um, not take many phone calls during that. Maybe no sales calls, but I will still be, I'll still be working. I'll still be doing like the podcast and all that stuff. Um, cut the crap
0: live from Key West. (laughs) Oh, I would be super jealous. I would probably like I'd slide down just to record that episode with you. Because- <laughs> I feel
2: like have have all this, this set up, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I am doing a um, – I have a professional fitness uh, photography thing doing going on at the end of – right before I leave. So I'm doing cool. like a mini cut. I don't think you saw that on Instagram.
0: I did, yeah.
2: Just, uh, and I'm doing this for education purposes as well. I don't think I've been mm-hmm. in a cut for honestly since 2020. So it's been a while and it's yep. not even like I have much to lose at all and I'm trying to show people that it's the scale it's I'm not focusing on that I'm focusing on inches lost and it's I'm doing this for a specific mm-hmm. reason and yeah. I just actually want people to know that what I'm doing like you don't have to copy you don't copy what I'm doing I'm getting a lot mm-hmm. of DMs from people asking me, why are my calories this much? Because I'm the same height as you and da 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 da. dah. Oh it's gosh. Like we all okay. are dif- yeah. We're all different. Don't copy what I'm doing. Um, it's just like, it's like, to it's like what Tony you. just said
0: earlier. Everybody's different. Uh, everybody's yeah, physiology is, it, is different. And I think it, that would maybe, be a very good podcast episode for us, but sorry.
2: Yeah. It, I actually had to make a statement because I was getting so many DMS with like just odd questions. And I was like, listen, um, I'm not going to document this if you guys are going to get to this point of being so like, ask me these details that really like what my height is, um, or, you know, just things that's like, you don't need to know that for why Beth, do you need to know that? You're, t-
0: you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. That's what they need. That's all they need to know. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I just you know, people need to realize that, you know, that's stop comparing yourself to somebody else. Stop trying to do what mm-hmm. someone else is doing. It's not going to work for you. You're not going to look the same as somebody else or, yeah. you know, saying that I don't need to lose weight. Yeah, I, I know that. That's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for aesthetic reasons to look a certain way for a photo shoot. I'm going to mm-hmm. go right back into maintenance after. So, yep.
0: Which is how know? it should be. You, you can't be in a frigging uh, fat loss phase, a cut, uh, calorie deficit forever. It's not meant to be that way.
2: Right. Right. And I I don't have any professional fitness photos. And when I did a cut, like I I don't either. um, I should have done them then, but we were in the middle of a pandemic. So I was like, you know, you know, what am I going to do now? Like, screw it. It's two years later. And I have the chance to get these done. I'm like, um, I want to look, I want to feel and look my best and then move forward.
0: I've actually been toying with the idea of going into an intentional fat loss phase myself. I just don't know. I, 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 it doesn't serve me. So I go back to that. Is it a fuck yes or fuck no thing right now? It's yeah. still a fuck no for me. But it, the, the the thought is, has been creeping back into my head a little bit more, not for any reason mm-hmm. other than just because I want to, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what matters right there. I'm not doing it because yeah. I'm getting shit on on social media. I'm not doing it because I think I need to be super lean and I, and I wouldn't even do it to a point where I'm super lean, honestly, just I would, I would use it like you're doing it uh, as a educational get in um, and get out. experiment and yeah, get in, get out and move, yeah. move the fuck on.
2: <laughs> and I think what people don't realize too, is like, I've already like lost my, the majority of my weight. Um, you know, I'm at a certain point now where it's just like body recomposition. And yeah. you know, I have some questions like, you know, will you be eating fast food and doing this? It's like, it's only eight weeks. Okay. Like I, yeah. I literally, like to me, it's it's the calories aren't worth a Big Mac. I it's not something that is even doesn't even bother me. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I have a Big Mac." I'm choosing just to make my own food cuz it's 8 weeks. It's not very many calories and it's not worth it to me.
0: Yeah. But if I was and, to uh, want
2: one, I'll fucking get yeah. one, but I you know. Right. Yeah.
0: If you want to fucking eat it, yeah, for sure. But you're not telling yourself, no, you can't have it. That's the important, right. the important thing, right there. You just don't want it. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, this has been a great episode. I love, I, I love that. I love the uh, episode with Tony. I love the little after talk yes. we're doing here. So, thank you, Tony. Yes, thank you, Tony, once again. So, everybody, make sure you follow her, Tony underscore tips underscore with underscore tony with an i is what it was i believe and i'll i'll make sure that that's right in the notes but yeah that's it so yeah amazing
2: awesome
0: all right we'll see you later beth see you later and that is a wrap for this episode of cut the crap with beth and matt did we help you cut through the bullshit we want to know send us a dm on instagram and share your thoughts we'd love to hear them And if you did find this one helpful, why not share this episode with a friend? I know I personally love it when a friend shares their favorite podcast with me, along with a text saying, Oh my God, you have got to check out this podcast. You'll love it. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes.